0: If you would turn to First Samuel, and I want to kind of continue on with that about remembering. And, and sometimes we don't remember our soldiers. We don't remember our the people that fought for our freedom as much as we should. And this morning we're going to read a story about a battle, uh, but also about remembering. And uh, there, there's always much more to remember. And we're going to talk about an Ebenezer. Uh, I'll show you that picture a little bit later. But First uh, Samuel 7, if you'll turn there. And I want to talk about, uh, always remember, always remember. 1 Samuel 7, that's over in the Old Testament. We don't go over there much. You probably, your Bible just falls open to John or Acts probably these days. But I wanted to move over here just to have something that kind of go, went along with our, our remembering today of our soldiers and our veterans. 1 Samuel 7 says this, So the men of kareth Jerem came and took up the ark of the Lord. They brought it to Ad- Abinadab's house on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, to guard the Ark of the Lord. The Ark remained at of Jearim a long time, 20 years in all. Now if you remember, just real briefly, you remember the Ark of the Covenant was a, a golden box, and there's precise measurements and things throughout the Old Testament was when they were told to build it. Uh, it was it was overlaid with gold. It had cherubims on it that had their angels folded over. I mean, their wings folded over, and there was two of them there. And inside were things like uh, the Ten Commandments. Uh, there was things like the uh, the manna that fell from heaven. There was a jar of that in there. Uh, the rod that that uh, Aaron used uh, that budded uh, was was in there, and and things that that helped them remember. Kind of things like our flag that helps us remember. Uh, what, what our veterans ha- have done for us, and what this country stands for, and so in those things were things to help them remember and it was a very holy thing and as a matter of fact, they put, they put little r- r- loops, little r- uh, loops on the side of it, and in, in those loops, they slid two rods into that into those loops, and you picked it up by those rods you weren 't allowed to touch the Ark of the Covenant if you touched the Ark of the Covenant, you would die and There was cases in the Bible where people touched it. And died and so it was it was something that god had given the people to let them know that i'm here And wherever the ark went god went it just was a natural thing and it was something that Israel knew the jewish people knew that The israelites knew that this is where god was but also later on the enemy found out And there was a lot of times when this ark went back and forth back and forth the enemy would steal it, and they'd, God would let them have it back. And and a lot of times, when they were when they would lose the Ark of the Covenant, it was because they had disobeyed God, and God was God was just uh, uh, trying to let them know that hey, if you're going to worship something else, then then uh, you're going to you're going to pay the consequences. And so uh, anywhere this place, anything this Ark was, God was there. And so here we see them dedicating this Ark. To this, And it was a proper ceremony. There was a proper way that people had to be uh, presented to God before they could guard it and be with it. And so that's what they were doing here. They were going through the things that God asked them to do. And the great thing here was that last part that I read, it stayed with them 20 years. That was a, a long time in this time for the ark to stay in one place. And it meant that God's presence was there with the Israelites. Then we go to verse, uh, the rest of the verse of 2. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord... This is a great uh, overview or a great look in 2 Samuel this morning. 1 Samuel 7, it's a great look at revival, a kind of a formula for revival. There's another great formula in 2 Chronicles 7 that says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and, and pray, I will hear them and I'll, I'll heal their land. And here's another good recipe for revival. So God's presence is there with them, and and that Ark of the Covenant states that. So all the people of Israel turn back to the Lord. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, listen to this, if you're returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks, and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, only, underline that, serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and their asterisks and served the Lord only. Ashtoreths was a, a, a goddess. It was a, a, an idol, a, a woman goddess, idol. And they had served her, they had served Baal, which is another god. And it was almost like the people of God had went to plan B. Do you know that God has a plan A for your life? A lot of us deal with plan B or C or D in our life. God has an ultimate plan for your life. He had an ultimate plan for Israel. But Israel, it was never enough. It never was what they wanted. It, it wasn't big enough for some reason. It wasn't bold enough for in most days. And a lot of people are like that today, even if God is there and, boy, they can feel, get that good feeling and, woo, it's all great and, oh, it's good, you know, and, oh, I just love the Lord. And then we get out there and we get through our everyday life and all of a sudden life's tough and life's difficult and and we get bad news and and we get all these things and some all the time we start panicking going where are you god where are you i I need you to split the red sea i need you to do something big and god says just wait just wait i'm going to take care of it but israel always seemed to have a plan b all through their existence they always had a plan b just in case god doesn't show up I'm going to have me a God. Just in case God doesn't show up, I'm going to have another God. And the world is like that today. Just in case God doesn't show up, I'm going to put my hope and faith and trust in something else. Then I've got me covered both ways. And guys, our trust. Remember what Samuel said there right before we read? Well, you trust in him and him only. Go to plan A. Go to what God has for you. Now many of us I can raise my hand. I've got off on plan B for my own life Can you say amen to that? We've done that a time or two in our life But you know what? God is so gracious He brings us around and through that brings us back through and he sets us back in front of plan A and he says all right You ready? Let's go again Let's go And he did that over and over and over to the people there in the israelites Time and time and time again. They would go to plan B he would give them the Ten Commandments. They'd go to plan B. They made a golden calf. He'd give them plan A. I want, I want to give you all this land. I want you to, to do what I ask you to do. And they would go do their own thing. They'd go to plan B, and they struggled. And guys, when we, you ever notice when we're in plan B, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And God says, I want to do something special for you. He wanted to do that to these people. And so Samuel says, look. If you're really serious about this, if you really want revival, you've got to get rid of all this other stuff. You've got to go back to God and God only. Maybe you've been worshiping something else lately in your life. Maybe something's been way more important than God lately in your life. And God wants, he wants to put you back on plan A. We got so much, and we wondered, where are you, God, and why why don't I feel you, and why don't I have that good, warm feeling like I do when I'm in church? And maybe it's because when we walk out these doors, we don't give another thought to God. It's all about what we want. Hmm. We just said, oh, me, didn't we? I know it. I've grown with you on that. I've grown with you on that. God's got so much more for us. He's got such a bigger plan for us than we can ever imagine. But you know what? It just doesn't seem big enough. It it doesn't seem exciting enough. It's not going to thrill me enough. And you know what I've noticed serving the Lord? And I don't get it right. I don't get it right all the time. But I've noticed God is just steady. He's just steady. He says, come on. Ain't going to be a whole lot of this. Ain't going to be a whole lot of that. Just come on. You know what causes this and this? Me. Me. God's here. God's steady. God's straight. This is me. Up and down, up and down, up and down. God said, come on. Let's go straight. Come on. And that's what he was telling. That's what Samuel was screaming at the folks this morning. He said, just trust me. He said, we're going to have revival if you'll do this. Verse 5. Then Samuel said, assemble all the Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. My goodness. We're going to have prayer meeting. When they heard... When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. Why did they do that, Brother Todd? Why did they pour water out on the ground? Pouring the water out was symbolizing that here's my sin. I'm dumping it out before you. I, I, I want to be cleansed. I want you to wash me white as snow. I, I, I'm repenting. I'm, I'm just laying it all out there before you. And, and I want to trust you. I, I, wanna, I want you to be my, be my Lord and Savior. I want you to take away all this junk in my life. I'm just pouring it out there at you, Lord. I want to totally repent. I want to go. I'm going the wrong way. I want to turn, and I want to come running straight to you. Kind of like the prodigal son did. You remember when the prodigal son woke up one day? He was eating with the pigs in the pig pen. You know what he did? He did a 180, didn't he? He said, you know what? I'm going home to my daddy. And he turned, and he started running toward home. And I love it. It's a beautiful picture of how much God loves us and his grace Because the Bible says even when he was a long way off, his daddy didn't sit there going, you wait till he gets here. I'm going to set him straight. It says his daddy leapt off the porch and ran to him. And he said, my son is home. And that's the way the Lord is with us. He so much wants us to be there with him. He so much wants to do some great things in our life. And he says, just turn around, turn around and come running to me and I'll take care of you. And I'll I'll help you through this rough old world. It's hard out there, amen? It's hard. But there's a Jesus that knows, and he can conquer it. And he can help you defeat all the craziness of this world. He don't always make you not go through it. People want to think, well, if I follow God, I won't have another problem. That's not true. That's not true. But you know what? When you go through them problems, you have Jesus Christ there right beside you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll help you get through it. And I won't just sit there and watch you go through it. I'll lead you through it. I'll lead you through it. I'm the great shepherd, he says, and I'll lead you through it. So they poured the water out in repentance to the Lord. On that day, they fasted and they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah. And guys, they had revival. That's what it takes. It takes. You know a lot of times we're really good at going that person's messing up That person right there needs to straighten up That person right there needs to straighten up their life You know who needs to straighten up their life that person in the mirror That's who needs to straighten up their life We love to blame other people in this life That's our favorite thing in the whole world is blame other people for where we're at And you know what only thing we can do is control the person in the mirror With god's help we can control that person. We can't control anybody else but we can do what's right. We can do what God's asked us to do. We can do the things that God's called us to do. Because if we sit around all the time pointing fingers at other people. Guys, we're missing the boat. We're missing the big deal. We've got sin just like they do. Amen? We've got sin just like they do. And when we start judging. We start pointing fingers. We start saying they need to straighten up. They need to straighten up. I've noticed every time I do that, God just brings something right to my mind that I'm doing wrong. And I go, oh, heaven, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I forgot that I'm just as big a sinner as anybody on the block. And I need your help, and I need your mercy, and I need your grace every day of my life. And you know what? He's there. He's there. Remember, God doesn't love you because you're good. God loves you because he's good. Isn't that great? God doesn't love you because you're good. He loves you because he's good. And that's something never forget, guys. Never forget. Well, as it always happens when revival breaks out who's going to be mad about that the devil Let's read when the philistines heard that israel had assembled at mizpah The rulers of the philistines came up to attack them the minute god goes to work. The devil's going to go to work They come up to attack them when the israelites heard of it They were afraid because the philistines the minute the minute they got things right. They poured out their sins They asked god to forgive them. They confessed their sins here comes the devil reminding them of their past how many times does the devil remind you of your past during the week whole bunch whole bunch remember that time you failed here remember that time you messed up here remember that time you messed up here and they began to remember what the philistines could do to them they remembered how powerful they were but you know what the great thing about being in revival and pouring out your sins is you're close to god and so they caught themselves real quick look what happened then they said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf. And what? And the Lord answered him. And the Lord answered. Him. They knew where the answer was. They knew where plan A was. They said, Samuel, don't quit crying out to the Lord. Go to God. When you have a problem don't try to fix it on your own Don't turn to something else to make you feel better. Don't go running off somewhere Turn to god and pray and cry out to god and he will hear your prayers Now he may not stop it right then, but i'm telling you he'll be with you His timing is always perfect His timing is always right on time While samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering the philistines drew near to engage israel in battle we're getting ready to fight. But, what's that next word? Everybody say it. But, but, that day, the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. He just caused a big thunderstorm to come up. Just kind of coincidence, you know. God said, boom, boom. And it just, you ever, just thunder just, you know, and then lightning, it just makes you kind of, can you imagine that just going off and on, you know, boom, 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 you know, just going on and on and on? And God just, he just, it just, they were just scared to death. It just sent them into panic. And the Israelites swooped down by the power of God and just slaughtered them. They just slaughtered them. Verse 11, the men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to the point below beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. We sang a song a while ago, and Danny kind of pointed it out. Most of you, when you hear the word Ebenezer, go ahead. What do you think of? Go ahead and say it. Scrooge. That's right. I'm here to stop that today, all right? From now on, when you hear the word Ebenezer, you're not going to think of the word Scrooge. You're going to think about what God has done for you, all right? Listen to this verse in Come Thou Fount. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. Show that picture up here, guys. Go to that next picture. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. What a verse. Samuel, it says that he raised a rock, a rock in the middle of the desert. And every time they seen that, that Ebenezer, that monument, it made them say, and he gave it the the meaning there, it says, and he, he said, he named it Ebenezer saying, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Every time they looked at that, they looked at where they had been. They looked at the times that they had forsaken God. And they looked at the time where they had the revival and they confessed their sins. And then they looked at today when God delivered them from the hands of the Philistines and they give praise to God. Today we have Ebenezers in our life. Right here's a couple of them, right here. Here's an Ebenezer. Every time I see this, I think of how God has blessed this country. I think of men and women that gave their life to fight for this flag. I think about men that wouldn't let this flag touch the ground. I think about the states that are represented here, 50 states that that work together, hopefully. I think about the 13 stripes that represent the 13 colonies. And we remember when we see this flag, it causes us to stand. It causes me to tell my girls to be patriotic and to know that this flag stands for something. We are to treat it right, we're not to burn it up, we're not to, to tear it apart. There's certain ways to to handle this flag, certain ways to carry our Ebenezer. We look at this and we go, you know what? Let's look at where we were living in a country in England. And and we had to worship the way they told us. And our forefathers said, no, it's not meant that be that way. The way I read it in God's word is that we're free and God makes us free. Amazing grace, my chains have gone. He's made us free. And we're going to go and we're going to start a country. And we're going to praise the one true God. And we're going to worship in freedom. And people have, have come on through and our country began to grow. And yes, we've had problems. Yes, we've had brutal battles in the Civil War. We killed over 600,000 of each other. But God continued to bring us through that mess and that muck and that mire. And now here we are and we we fought in World War One, and we fought in World War II and we fought in Korea and we fought in Vietnam and we, we fought in, in Saudi and we fought uh, in Iraq and, and Afghanistan and still the flag stands tall because God has brought us as far. He's brought us as far. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. This is where I was. This is where God has brought me. And if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here today holding this flag. And we wouldn't be here worshiping in the land of freedom today because of God Almighty. There's more to this than just a red, white, and blue flag. There's more to this than just swearing at the people that fought for it because you don't agree with war. They have done what they've been asked to do, provide freedom for people that needed it, and they went without excuse. They went without hesitation, and they fought for people so they could have freedom. And here I raise my Ebenezer. Hitherto God has come and helped us as a country. And guys, listen to me. That's why I scream and go on, because we do not need to turn our back on Jesus Christ as a country. We have to stand up. Here's another Ebenezer right here. The old rugged cross Every time I see that what did those verse say in that song and and jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of god. I was out here doing my own thing. I was lost as a goose I had no hope of heaven. I had no hope of eternity And he sought me he come looking for me He didn't wait here by the cross and say i'm here Jesus pursues us What do you think twins is at your heart when the Holy Spirit convicts you? That's Jesus pursuing after you. He wants you to be a part of his family. He wants to adopt you into his family. Wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. What a plan. God would send his only begotten son to die on a cross and to to shed his blood so that I could have freedom, so that you could have freedom, so that you could have eternal life. And when we look at this cross, we look at this Ebenezer, we realize where we were, we realize where we are, we realize without God, we're not standing here at the foot of the cross saved. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. I give God the glory for where I am. And from this point on, I trust him to take me further. He will take me. He to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Isn't that exciting this morning? Think about the Ebenezer. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, listen to this the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The town of Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to Israel. And Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Isn't it amazing when we follow God's plan, there's always peace. There's always peace. Samuel continued as the leaders, Israel's leader all the days of his life. From year to year, he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging Israel in all those places. He was a circuit judge. But he always went back to Ramah where his home was and there he also held court for Israel. And then the last line and he built an altar there to the Lord at his home. Do you have an altar to the Lord in your home? Are there Ebenezer's in your home that you can point to to your kids, to your family, to your friends that when they walk into your home, there's Ebenezer's there that point the way that God has brought you to this place? Maybe Maybe it's your your good book laying there on your table by your your easy chair. Maybe it's a a, a picture there that says the Lord is my shepherd. Maybe it's a little magnet on your fridge that says all things work together for those that love the Lord. Maybe it's a a little bookmark you've got that says without me you can do nothing. Little Ebenezer's that remind us that where I was and where I am now and it's all because the blessings of God has brought me here and we point these to our kids we raise we raise these Ebenezers to our children to help them realize how important this is and what God has done for this country but even more important how important this is and what God has done so that you can have eternal life and so your kids can know that and their kids can know that your grandkids And on and on and on. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. Scrooge doesn't even do it justice anymore, does it? When you realize what God has done for you. Thus far, thus far, he has brought me. Remembering. Remembering what Christ has done. Do you remember this morning? When's the last time you stopped and said, Lord, thank you for saving me? Lord, thank you that I had a meal last night on my table. Lord, thank you that it took me so long to pick out what to wear this morning because I've got so much stuff. Lord, thank you for that vehicle I get into every morning and drive to work. Do we remember that all things come from God? All good things. When's the last time you thanked him for the country that you live in? You know, it shouldn't take a Veterans Day. It shouldn't take a Fourth of July to help us remember. It shouldn't take Easter to help us remember the cross. Do you know, sadly, about the only time we read about the crucifixion and the, 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 the sacrifice that Christ made is one time a year at Easter. We should think about the cross every day. It should be our Ebenezer in our life that every time we walk by it, we think, thank you, God. Without you, I'm not here. Without you, I have no hope. When's the last time you looked at your kids and said, thank you, God. Thank you for giving me these kids. Guys, I just worry about our children. There's so many children in the world today that mom and dad don't care. And sometimes I'm sitting there going, go play in your room. And I waited 23 years for these little knuckleheads, you know? <laughs> go play in your room. Get out, go do your own thing. I need to just be squeezing them and loving them. Because before you know it, they're. Six foot tall, and you don't know where they're at. You you know you know where they're at, but you you miss them. You miss them. Let's remember what God has done, and pass that on to the people that we love. Let's ask Him not to make us so selfish. Let's ask him to help us remember it's not all about us. We was asking this morning what love is in in our class. And Maddie had the best answer. She said, it's putting somebody else before yourself. It's putting somebody else before yourself. You know, the Bible says God is love. And he, he... He showed us that beautiful than anything right there at the Ebenezer of the cross. He put himself before us. He put us before himself, I mean. He died for us. He let him shed his precious blood so we could have eternal life. Remember, always remember what Christ has done. He's a wonderful God, amen. Let's bow together. Then, Father, we thank you. And, Lord, help us to remember more. Help us to be quick to pour out our sins before you and just let you deal with them and confess them. And, Lord, get back to plan A for our life. Lord, we thank you for what the cross means to us. We thank you for the story of Samuel and the Ebenezer that he raised. Lord, may we remember as we look at the flag what you've done for this country. Lord, I beg for your mercy for this country. I pray that we would turn our hearts back to you. And Lord, I I thank you for the cross and what it means to our salvation. It is everything, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you for caring for us. We thank you for looking after us the way you do. And Lord, there's many days that we don't even thank you for your watch care over us. Lord, today, may this be a a remember service. May this be a thank you service. As we've took time to thank our veterans. And Lord, now we want to take time to thank you. And so Lord, I pray you just speak to the hearts. And Lord, hear our thank yous today. In your name we pray, amen.